0: Hi there and welcome to Colin on Cars. Much has been said and speculated on regarding the all-new Mazda BT50. And the big news this week is that it's finally a reality. And in keeping with the naming conventions of its passenger car range, the new BT50, now Generation 3, will feature three derivatives in active, dynamic and individual specification. The active models gets a new 1.9-litre diesel engine with automatic or manual gearbox, whereas the dynamic and individual models host the new 3.0-litre 6-speed automatic. The individual model is available with a 4x4 drivetrain, whereas the other models are 4x2. From the outside, the BT-50 follows Mazda's Kodo design language where the prominent front grille and the three-dimensional signature wing that extends out towards the side make it easily recognisable as a Mazda product. The design of the headlights is distinct and sharp, taking in cues from Mazda's SUV range, while the load bay has ample room and can handle payloads of up to a tonne. At the back, the tailgate is the key design point shaped to flow towards the Mazda badge to create a continuity of movement from front to rear. Standard exterior features on the range include LED headlamps, daytime running lamps, rear combination lamps, and front-range sensing wipers. Inside, everything from the dashboard, steering wheel, seats, and center console has been redesigned and the horizontal layout of the instrument panel extends out to the door trim on each side, creating quite a comfortable and spacious-looking cabin. I've yet to drive one, so I can only tell you how comfortable and spacious when that happens. It has door mouldings that wrap around the dash area and an expansive centre console, while rear passengers get a USB charging port, rear air ducts, and grip assist handles. The BT-50 features an instrument cluster with two round analog meters, flanking a 4.2-inch multi-information display in the center. The front air conditioning louvers feature sculpted three-dimensional depth, and they are accented by a sharp strip of decorative trim that spreads out from the center of the instrument panel towards the passenger seat. Very much a bucky designed for the leisure market. The wide cab has 1463 millimeters of shoulder room in the front seats and 770 millimeters between the driver and front passengers. The infotainment system comes with a 7 or 9-inch display screen, smartphone connectivity for Android Auto and Apple CarPlay. And the active model has a 6-speaker surround sound with 8 speakers on the dynamic and in individual models safety includes auto door lock reverse camera smart advanced keyless entry isofix and driver passenger curtain and side crash bags it is anti-lock braking with electronic brake force distribution as well as dynamic stability control which includes traction control hill launch assist hill descent control rollover mitigation as well as trailer sway mitigation in the model lineup, the uh, 1.9 litre offers 110 kilowatts and 350 newton-metres of torque. 3-litre dynamic 4x2 and 4x4. Four four. Max power is 140 kilowatts and torque is 450 newton-metres. Now, just to change tack... The auto industry is legend for acronyms. And with every change comes a new lexicon of abbreviations and terminology. And the growing force that is electric cars have brought a number of these to the fore in an attempt to deconstruct and demystify some of the electric vehicle or EV terminology. Jaguar South Africa has provided some explanations. KWH. So forget about what the three letters stand for. Just know that KWH is a unit of energy and in EVs it's used to measure the storage capacity of batteries. Think of it as your fuel tank in your electric vehicle. Where a Jaguar F-Pace SVR uses an 82 litre fuel tank to supply petrol to its V8 supercharged engine, An all-electric iPACE gets its energy from a 90kWh, which stands for kilowatt-hours, battery pack positioned on the floor of the car. The bigger the number, the more energy an EV can store. And this is an important thing to consider if you're looking in that direction. A smaller battery pack will be quicker to charge, but offer less range, and vice versa for a large pack. For reference, you could expect an electric motorcycle to have a battery of around 10 kilowatt hour of capacity and a long-haul truck, which we don't have here yet, to need a battery size many hundreds of kilowatt hours. Now KWH slash 100 kilometers, and it's not an algebra equation that you battled with in school. KWH slash 100km is an intimidating string of letters and numbers which are just a measure of the average efficiency like we do with petrol and diesel cars. You're probably familiar with the terms litres per 100 kilometres, and it's the standard specification that's offered. Break down that equation, and it's as simple as kilowatt hours used per 100 kilometres of distance driven. It's an ever-changing formula you'll see displayed in your electric vehicle's dashboard, and depending on how you drive, the number preceding it will decrease when taking it easy and increase with spirited driving. We use a Jaguar I-PACE as example. Drivers can expect energy consumption figures ranging from around 16.8 kilowatt hours per 100 kilometers to 32 kilowatt hours per 100 kilometers. The lower the number, the more efficiently you're driving, just like liters per 100 kilometers for petrol and diesel cars. AC-DC. Nope, not the rock band. AC stands for alternating current and DC's direct current, but don't worry about the complexities of those at this point. As you get more familiar with electric vehicles these abbreviations will become commonly understood. AC chargers are the wall box type you'll have in your garage and while they're slower to top up batteries they're smaller cheaper and more convenient than their heavy duty DC counterparts. Generalizing a little bit here but DC chargers are often referred to as rapid chargers. And resemble traditional forecourt petrol pumps in appearance. You'll most often find DC charges in public places such as shopping malls and highway rest stops, where installation costs are more viable and electricity supplies are stronger than what an average household can offer. The Jaguar Powerway features a network of DC charges along main routes in South Africa such as the N1, N2 and N3 highways. Charge rates. This one is important, so listen up. Now that you understand AC and DC, we need to dig a little deeper. Most common household appliances that run on electricity are either on or off. You flip a switch and your kettle boils using a steady supply of power as it goes. Recharging EV batteries is a little more complex as they accept varying rates of electricity flow. Which also explains why it's difficult to answer the question: How long does it take to charge? Again, generalising a little, but the three-prong wall socket in your kettle delivers around two point three kilowatts of energy, and through an EV like the iPace, can recharge at this rate would take some time to fill from empty. On the flip side, an iPace can accept a maximum charge rate of a hundred kilowatt which will equate to much quicker charging times, but requires those big DC charges that we talked about earlier. Don't be confused, because as we move forward, you'll become very familiar with charge rates and how they differ from charging station to charging station, especially in public places. Also, beware of fantastical claimed charging times dished up by some electric car makers. While it's possible for some cars to accept incredibly impressive charge rates, it's difficult to reliably install charges that can supply that much energy in the real world. For now. Brake Regen. Imagine if your petrol-powered car could coast down a long hill and actually produce fuel as it goes. Well, electric cars can do that. Again, without being too technical. Electric motors, like those in EVs, can act like generators when run in reverse. Brake regen, or regeneration to be specific, uses the inertia of a moving vehicle to produce electricity when coasting or slowing down, and sends it back to the battery to be used again when accelerating. In an actual test performed by Jaguar, an I-PACE returned 91.7 kilowatt hours of regenerated electricity after driving a distance of a thousand kilometers in other words the car delivered up a free tank in inverted commas of electricity most evs will allow drivers to choose the level of brake regeneration applied while driving when set to low the car will coast freely in a way similar to petrol and diesel cars But when set to high, there's a strong sense of deceleration when the throttle pedal is released. And in most situations, it's actually possible to drive without ever using the brake pedal at all. Well, nearly. That's it for this week. Have a great week. Stay safe and wear your mask. Cheers.